Hey folks, if you've been tuning in over the last couple months, you've heard all about the Game Time app and how it can save you some serious cash on last minute tickets to sports, concerts, all types of shows. Want to go to the college football playoff? Want to see Oklahoma take on number one LSU for a chance to play in the national championship? Prices will drop close to game time, and you can use the app Game Time to get tickets to that massive matchup in the Peach Bowl. Now Game Time is hooking you up for the holidays with $10 credit. Here's what to do. Download the Game Time app in the Google Play or App Store. Click on the My Tickets section of the app. Create an account. Then under the billing section, use redeem code THEATHLETIC. Once again, that's THEATHLETIC, all one word, for $10 off your first purchase. That's free money, people. Credit is only available to the first 1,000 people who redeem and it expires at the end of the year. That's January 31st, 2019. So make moves quick and score last-minute tickets. It's not about what the outside world thinks. It's about what does, you know, what do you have in that room? And the best man wins and you give everybody a shot at it. The outside world doesn't see the summer workout on a Monday morning. They don't see that progress, but, but we as coaches do. Well, regardless of what the outside world thinks, we, we believe a lot in our defense. Welcome back to the Outside World, the Athletics OU football podcast. I'm Jason Kersey. Uh, this I'm coming to you from Atlanta, um, and the Peach Bowl is in a few days. Uh, we, we just arrived today. We're doing something a little bit different on the outside world this week. Uh, every, first of all, every episode is going to be free and available on Apple or Spotify, wherever you get your episodes and uh, wherever you get your podcasts. And then secondly, I'm going to do one every, every day except Christmas Day, I, I think, um, and sort of do it as sort of a travel diary of sort of what's going on, the latest news, uh, what I've done, uh, the things that – you know, have, have sort of happened, uh, over the day and try this out and see, see how people like it. And I'm going to have guests every day. Uh, my friends on the OU beat are going to be kind enough to join me, I think throughout the week. And first, um, here with the people that I flew out here with and spent the day with Tyler Paul of the Norman transcript, Ryan neighbor of the Oklahoman. Start with you, Tyler. How's it going, man? Thanks for joining. Thanks, Jason. Glad to be here. Uh, it's been a good first day. I think we all were, well, we were sitting around kind of eating pizza and, uh, we agree that this was a good first day. Of course, it's going to get a lot more interesting tomorrow when we, you know, see who gets off that bus for Oklahoma and, you know, see how Oklahoma addresses this situation once again, third year in a row where it's just there's kind of some personnel. There's some weird things going on personnel-wise, some uncertainties, I guess you would say, Ryan. Yeah, you know, it's definitely going to be interesting seeing who gets off the bus. Ronnie Perkins, uh, A.D. Miller. There's some questions about Trajan Bridges. Um, obviously, Ramondre Stevenson. So we'll see what happens. But the Oklahoma arrives on Wednesday, or not Wednesday, on Monday. Getting my days confused here. Arrives on Monday, and uh, we'll see where things go from there. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I think that's obviously the most interesting thing. Tomorrow the team arrives. Lincoln Riley's going to have a press conference, at which time I assume he has to address the suspensions, which he didn't want to do last week, which I almost understand. He didn't want to address him. It was signing day. Probably didn't want to take away from that. Uh, and I assume perhaps there was still an appeals process going on, which I find to be di- – it's difficult for me to imagine them winning that based on what we think it is. Um, but 
watching for those four guys is going to be really interesting. Um, and I, you know, and then obviously there was the news a few days ago that Delarian Turner Yell, the safety who has played almost every important defensive snap this year, uh, is not going to play either. And that I don't know which is worse. I guess let's go there. Which which is worse, Ronnie Perkins? When you're def- when you're playing against Joe Burrow, which is worse, Ron- losing Ronnie Perkins, losing Delarian Turner Yell? You know, I actually think losing Delarian Turner Yell is worse for them because of their depth situation at safety. That Alex Grinch clearly hasn't trusted anybody but Delarian Turner Yell and uh, Pat Fields at that spot. So I think that's worse because at least at Ronnie Perkins' spot, you can see a guy like Jalen Redmond doing some things similarly. Obviously, Jalen Redmond's played a different position this year, but he played that spot or the same spot that Ronnie Perkins played last year. is a little bit different look in that defense versus what they do this year. But I think it's harder for me to see somebody filling in capably for Delarian Turner Yell than for Ronnie Perkins, as good as Ronnie Perkins has been. Yeah, I, I think you hit it on the head. It's they don't have they have options up front. I mean, they can do there's a couple different things they could do. Even with they were just so much more deep at that position. You know, they lost Kenneth Mann, but you could I think we were talking earlier this week about how could you slide over LaRon Stokes if you wanted to keep Jalen Redmond at like defensive tackle. You do have a freshman I don't know how dependable Marcus Stripling is. He hasn't played very much. But you're just, you hit it on the head. They have not trusted the, de- the safety depth, and that's been recurring all year. Nobody's developed at that position. Like Justin Broyles, I mean, this isn't a shot at him. He hasn't developed and, and become a trusted reserve. He's played in all 13 games, but he's not playing meaningful snaps. No, he, he's definitely not. I mean, he's a guy who started five games last year. Uh, they pulled him out of the starting lineup, I think, probably right around the time Mike Stoops got fired, maybe a little bit before that. Uh, he was pulled out of the starting lineup. And, uh, you know, obviously he's not the guy you want back there. They've trusted. And, and, you know, it goes back to when Alex Grinch first got here. I mean, in the spring, uh, you guys probably remember, he was describing the safety depth as alarming. And uh, nothing that he's done this year has convinced me that, he feels any differently about it because at all the other positions he's generally rotating guys in it's basically been at safety corner because there's nobody literally nobody to put in and, and then at Kenneth Murray's spot yeah. but it, but at least at corner you've got a third that Jaden Davis has played there and played played well for stretches obviously there's been a, a stretch where he struggled during the year but even like at Kenneth Murray's spot you saw at times rotation there uh, early in the season especially um, but safety is the spot where there's been virtually none. Like Tyler said, yes, Justin Broyles has played in 13 games, but he hadn't played meaningful minutes. I mean, Marcus, Marcus Stripling has played early in games, played early in the Big 12 title game uh, for them up front. So, you know, you can see pretty much everywhere else on the field, like you've been saying, places where there's at least somebody else they feel good about throwing out there, not at safety. And then you couple that with at least some level of questioning whether Boogie Radley Hiles is going to be all right to go after he was hurt in the Big 12 title game. I think most of us expect him to play, but then uh, that just erodes that that depth there even further because the substitute for that, I believe, was Justin Broyles. Well, for a while it was Chance Sylvie. Uh, <laughs> back there who I yeah I don't really know what happened what quite happened to him uh, I know he's still around um, but other than that I mean 
you know, you're going to have to start if there are other injuries, if there are, you know, if there's a targeting ejection. I mean, there's just so many things. We saw, you know, in, in the Kansas State game at corner. I mean, yes, they have a third guy, but we saw what happened. You lose Parnell Motley uh, to, to, you know, an ejection, and all of a sudden you're down to two guys. And, um, and going back to up front, though, I'm really interested to see what Grinch does to mitigate this loss of Ronnie Perkins. I mean, I expect that Redmond will probably move over. That That's what makes the most sense. I just don't think throwing Marcus Stripling into for his first career start to be against LSU, that seems a little bit um, tough. And then they also, they do have other things they can do. They have Nick Benito that's proven that he can be a good rusher. They've proven that Kenneth Murray can, uh, can play outside and rush the passer and be an, an option there. And maybe you do that a little bit more if LSU's running back isn't playing. They have other ways of bringing pressure that can sort of shade over that or uh, cover it up. But what, what could happen at safety, I just feel like the big play capability, the mistakes that could be made by a backup are truly huge. And what, what are the chances that somebody like Robert Barnes dresses? I mean, he hasn't dressed in I don't know how many games, and I think he's at three. But I could be wrong about that. I don't. He's at three or four. So uh, if he's at four, he's. I would assume he's not going to dress because I think we all – probably believe that uh, Robert Barnes is going to probably move on. I mean, that's just, uh, you know, pure speculation on our part, but it just looks that way. Um, so what do you do? But if if you're in a situation where he's injured and what do we got here? Barnes is Barnes at four. So that's that's not looking good. I, I, I'm honestly, you guys kind of have me fascinated by the safety depth, and I'm looking at your list. I'm glad you have it here. Jeremiah Cradell's a name we haven't heard in a long time. I think when you start talking about safety and nickel, if you want to move uh, Buki, Radley, Hiles, and Broyles around, you know whether or not you want one to play. If you want maybe you want Buki at safety for whatever reason because he's experienced, and you want to put Broyles at nickel, you have to start looking at guys who are way down on the depth chart that you might have to put in the game. And I think that's that's the scariest thing against the nation's top ranked offense for OU. That's that's the test that they have. Yeah, and the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. I mean, <laughs> and, and, that too. And the uh, Bolitnikov award-winning receiver. Yeah, I mean, LSU has uh, options all across the board, and they can hurt you in so many different ways, which is one of the things I, I think that this loss, potential loss of their running back can be so big because I think their offense took a big step forward midway through the season when they started using him much more in the, the throwing game, or as Lincoln Riley says, the throw game. Um, I was just thinking when, about that today, how he calls it the throw game. I don't know why. That's that's unique. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that that's that, uh, potentially a big loss for LSU not having him just because of the, the dimensions. We see it with OU's offense, the way teams are forced to guard them, and you, you're forced to make some awful, awful decisions. I think LSU has, has done a lot of that this season, especially, like I said, the last half of the year. What I'm interested in, too, is will Lincoln Riley address any of this this week? So, for example, like, you know, we're going to have there, – there are some things that he can't hide during a bowl week, right? There's going to be practices that are going to be open. Even for 15 minutes, we're going to see who's out there. Now, they could, you know, do crazy things and try to trick us, but generally it's going to be hard to avoid that. Uh, you know, we're going to have a media day where every player – that's here is supposed to be available and if Ronnie Perkins and Ramondre Stevenson aren't there then you know that that's going to answer that question it's like even though these reports and these this information is out there it's interesting that that Riley who loves to be so secretive is going to have to decide what to do I think tomorrow 
which to me is why it's best to to address it tomorrow. It's best to address it on Monday before the circus that's going to be Thursday, regardless. Because if you do it then, then one, you're 48 hours away from the game, a little bit more than 48 hours, what, 52 hours or so away from the game. At that point, it becomes much more a distraction, I think, then with all of the players around versus if he addresses it tomorrow, it'll be a big story tomorrow. It's not like LSU isn't aware of these reports that these guys are suspended. It's not like LSU is relying on the athletic, the Norman transcript, the Oklahoman, to tell them who's going to be playing for Oklahoma. So in my mind, address it. The earlier you address it, like you said earlier, Jason, you know why he didn't address it on signing day because it didn't, you don't want to take anything away from, from signing. You don't address it before because you don't want that to overshadow signing day and also give recruits who are maybe you know on the fence a reason to go the other way. Um, so I think tomorrow, Monday, is the best right place to address this. Well, I don't understand why he didn't just do it for the Friday news dump. I would have hated that personally, but – Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, he it why would why make it a story on the day you arrive when you could have literally slipped it in to the spot that most people we all know to be that that spot where we would have written it, it would have become its own story and it kind of just like an old candle, it's just going it's going to snuff itself out by the time you by the time you arrive and once you arrive you're you're two it's a two-day old story. Well, we would yeah. be moving on. That would be our job to move to freshen up that. And now it just he he has slowed down the cycle. Unless they have some other plan to address to, you know, well, to get guys and that's, back. you know, this goes back to when Jason and I were both covering for the Oklahoma and the, the Joe Mixon thing and the way that that got handled and the way it got dragged out, where it could have been probably a bigger story for a few days, two or three days, and then it would have almost gone away. Instead, because Joe Mixon didn't talk, because he wasn't made available to the media, because he didn't address what happened it became a story that dragged dragged on for what a couple years instead of being a a sort of a one-week type of deal that gets brought up occasionally but isn't the overwhelming focus of what's going on with the program yeah so right now yeah it seems definitely like the things we're going to be the most interested in tomorrow are going to be delarian turner yell Ronnie Perkins, Ramondre Stevenson, Trajan Bridges to a lesser degree and then whoever else is suspended but my understanding is the, the main guys who are suspended we already know about. So um, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on all of that tomorrow, or actually today. You'll all be listening to this on Monday morning, uh, Febu- December, February, December 23rd, uh, Festivus. You said uh, you've had a problem remembering what month it was. I did. Yeah. Earlier, earlier today, uh, as we were getting off the plane in Atlanta, I told Tyler that uh, they have the big ad as you're coming up the escalator towards baggage claim that says Atlanta Braves and all these champs. And honestly, like I just sort of, without mindlessly went, oh, I wonder if the Braves are in town. No, no you know, forget, forgetting that it's December. These months all sort of run together. Well, I mean, baseball season is a long season. You, you can be forgiven. And they might be in town, like, but, like, celebrating the holidays and, like, getting Christmas trees and things like that. Right, yeah, right. They're, they're, you might run into Freddie Freeman tomorrow at Home Depot when you're buying your aluminum pole. Right. Which we will. Me and Tyler will uh, secure an aluminum pole so we can celebrate – Festivus tomorrow uh, as a beat. I'm very excited about that. I got a lot of problems with you people. (laughs) It's the best. It is the best. Um, But, you know, 
part of the reason I wanted to do the podcast this way too is to sort of give people a peek into what we're doing out here. And today there was no media availability. Uh, we flew out here. There was, you know, the o- OU team's not even here yet. I think LSU got here a few hours ago. Here we're, we're recording about ten o'clock at night on Sunday. Um, but what we did today was actually really fun, and I'd love to spend a few minutes talking about it. And it was going to the College Football Hall of Fame, which I just was I, I was excited about and thought it would be cool and it was even cooler than I thought it would be uh, we you know we were able to someone from there reached out to each of us individually and we decided to just all go together um, so let's let's spend a few minutes talking about that about that experience because I I think they have just nailed what a hall of fame should be it's like fun it's interactive it's beyond just sort of walking through and looking at things yeah you know I really do too I think my favorite Hall of Fame that I've been to, um, and I'm a used baseball guy, I love Cooperstown, and it's, it's much more of a museum type of thing. But my favorite Hall of Fame that I've been to is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because of the interactivity of it, the, the kiosk where you can sit there and listen to music, things like that. Um, but is that this, in Detroit? No, it's in Cleveland. 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 Yeah. Okay. And uh, actually, I went with Barry Trammell, Garen Emig, and John Shin. A few years ago when Oklahoma was in the NCAA tournament, they went from Columbus, Ohio to Syracuse. It was cheaper for us just to drive from Columbus to Syracuse, stay on the road, then fly back, then fly up to upstate New York. So we made a Hall of Fame trip of it. We went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We went to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. We went to the Baseball Hall of Fame in uh, Cooperstown. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is fantastic. My point here is a lot of the elements that made the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame so great. I thought I, we saw today in the College Football Hall of Fame. The interactive stuff, the uh, getting able to sit down and be the guest picker on game day was pretty cool. Yeah, two of us did that. Somebody who you know won't Probably be named right. here was uh, wouldn't <laughs> go up to the table. We got to. You had it a, was Tyler. <laughs> there was a booth where you got to call one of the iconic plays in college football history. They had some great ones. Um, the the unfortunately for Sooners fans, the two that involve OU are not the most positive things in the world. The Johnny Rogers punt return in the game of the century, and then uh, the Boise State finish. But uh, just really fun. I thought that to me was the coolest like interactive type of thing you know if I'm just sitting there going around with my family I think I might just sit there and do all of the call all of those plays yeah well yeah and you know there was also an exhibit with like offensive innovators where you could you know have Steve Spurrier explain the you know the the fun and gun and you could have Barry Barry Switzer Switzer, Barry Switzer with the wishbone and and uh, Chris Alt with the with the with the pistol and so you could do that um and the other thing I thought was so cool about it was you walk in and there's helmets from every – and it turns out I think it's every four-year college that plays football. So when you then go up to get your pass, you choose your your team, and then it, like, lights up blue. The helmet lights well, it up. It lights up, like, purple for, like, five seconds so you can find it on the on the wall – and then it lights up blue for the rest of the day, yeah. which is cool. So at the end of the day, you can see all of the schools that have been represented by the folks there. Yeah, and so we had fun with it. We all picked 
small Oklahoma colleges. I picked East Central and Ada because that's where I went my first year. That's where my parents both graduated from. That's where my parents met. Um, so I picked East Central. Who did you guys pick? I picked I picked Southwestern Oklahoma State because I spent a little time in that area covering. I was in Elk City for one year and in Lawton for four. So I was in Weatherford all the time. But also my grand, my some of my best friends growing up, his grandpa, Fred Jansen, used to be the dean there for a little while. Um, so I thought that'd be a cool one to pick. And what, Ryan, you got, oh, I, no, I know which one you got. I went with Northeastern State, my alma mater oh. in Tahlequah, Oklahoma. Uh, the, the River Hawks, they were not the River Hawks when I was around there, but uh, – not a very good football program right now. I don't know if either of y'all have seen the scores that they put up this year. It's a rough go of it. But, uh, no, I had to, had to go with the alma mater today. Yeah, but it, but it's just really cool that they have all of the schools represented, not just the big ones. Panhandle State is yeah, up there. I was going to say, that's one we had to leave behind. Because yeah. Well, I think one of us was going to pick Panhandle right, State. Yeah. We ended up not yeah. doing it. We needed a fourth person. Mm-hmm. Bill Biedenboe's uh, first job. Mm-hmm. I wrote yeah. about that when I was at the Oklahoma we years did. ago, about Bill Biedenboe's first job at Panhandle State when he uh, painted the grass and, <laughs> you know, mowed the lawn and did all that kind of stuff. So uh, so it was, it was just so much fun. And, you know, you know, then we got to go back into the archives, which, you know, I don't think very many people get to do and see where they have – you know, Greg Pruitt's old practice jersey that says hello on the front, goodbye on the back. Um, there was an exhibit about rivalries, and OU Texas was one of the five or so rivalries that were highlighted. So if you're coming to Atlanta this week, you've got to go to the College Football Hall of Fame. Yeah. You just have to. to. To me, there's two things that you've got to do if you're coming to Atlanta. You've got to go to uh, the College Football Hall of Fame, and you've got to go to the, uh, the, the Civil Rights National Historical Site with – Martin Luther King, the his birth home I think is involved in it, Ebenezer Baptist Church where he was the the pastor for a while. To me, those are the two things that you really have to do when you come to it. I really want to go to the civil rights one at some point before I leave. Yeah. Maybe Friday. We won't have yeah. a whole lot to do Friday. Maybe no. Saturday. And <laughs> yeah, just skip the game. Squeeze it in. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, it, it's going to be a really fun week. Um, I, you know, I'm really excited about it. Uh, we're sitting here uh, in Ryan Aber's hotel suite, which is fit for a Babylonian king um, <laughs> that he got by, uh, you know, he – the, the hotel told him his room would be ready. It wasn't ready. He got a little upset, and all of a sudden, look at this thing. I mean, this is massive. <laughs> yeah, it was worth the wait, I think. Yeah. Um, so we're, uh, we're having a lot of fun out here. And I mean, I'm pretty sure we could play the Sugar Bowl in this thing. Yeah. No. It's, this is, we're in like the red. This is like the size of the red zone at the very least. It's, it's huge. <laughs> and this reminds me, actually, of the other thing we did at the Hall of Fame, which is kick oh, field I, goals. I said the Sugar Bowl. The Peach Bowl, uh, peach whatever bowl, bowl uh, we're here for, the yeah. Peach Bowl. <laughs> we we uh, we also kicked field goals at the Hall of Fame. You can do that. And uh, can I say one thing about the Hall of Fame? I thought it was awesome. And Kent, right? Yeah. Kent Stevenson mm-hmm. was our guide, and he I guess he's just kind of on a retirement basis now, and he's not working a whole lot. He was a fabulous guide. If I were to make one suggestion, I they have a lot of cool artifacts. I would like. I think they could use more, and I would pump them all in the same place. Like, I loved just looking at the physical, like, the playbook, like uh, Lou Holtz's play sheet. There was just the Texas Tech Red Raider outfit, bunch of, like, old. 
the one of, one of the cool things that I saw was the uh, bowl that Joe Montana ate chicken soup out of mm-hmm. in the night in halftime of the 1979 Cotton Bowl. Did the he trombone. get an endorsement for that? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. the yeah, trombone yeah. from the the big game that the dude who got trucked was playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved all those, and I don't, you know, I'm not a museum curator, so I don't know, but I, I would just love to have all of those maybe in like one or two rooms where you can just gorge on all that stuff, and then maybe yeah. all the interactive stuff is like a whole different phase, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I sort of like the way it's presented now, where it's a little bit, you know, sprinkled in there. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, they're building I, I, a virtual reality part next. Yeah, so they're that, kind of that'll taking be neat. It, yeah, they're, they're updating it as it goes. Like, I there's like a lot of touchscreen technology, but yeah, adding the virtual you reality. You know, I like that when, last time I went to the pro, the first time I went to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, I loved it. I, I loved some of the interactive stuff that they did that was a lot like what I saw today. Last time I went, I was really disappointed because it was so much more video game oriented, where it was just you sitting there playing a video game, mm-hmm. which is fun, but I, I like some of the more interactive stuff. Um, so, so yeah, that virtual reality thing, I think, is going to be really cool. Um, I th- also thought it was interesting when you walk in the wall of helmets, but there's also uh, temporary displays of the four playoff teams, and OU's includes uh, the cleats that Samaj P. Ryan wore for his record-breaking game. I think it was a, a Baker Mayfield helmet. Uh, Bob Stoops visor. Um, it was a 2000 pennant. A, yeah. a pennant from the 2000 national championship, from. and then Mayfield and Adrian Peterson jersey. That's right. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it was uh, it was awesome. It was an awesome experience. What I was about to say earlier was we all kicked field goals, and Tyler Palmatier is the only one who made it. I got really close. I bounced <laughs> it off the uh, left upright. but uh, I, Yours had a better I say, flight. Mine like, was just really, you know. Okay, my, my kick was ugly. But I felt like it was not too far. I think it missed by like three or four feet. And I was like, well, there's no way it's going to be the worst looking kick out of the three of us. I figured somebody would, you know, like shank, really shank it. Yeah. But no, you nailed it Mine right. Mine was really low. Mine was not that yeah. far over the crossbar. Yeah. Well, hey, it know. was good. That's all that matters. Three points. Jason's uh, had some height to it, but Jason's had a good the ball end, flight. Uh, just doinked off the, the well, cross through the uh, upright. All three of us could be this kicker at Alabama. Yeah. Um, could, Ty- could, no, 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 no. Tyler couldn't. He made it. Right. That's yeah. true. Yeah. That's, yeah, you made I it. I want a scholarship. Uh, well, that's uh, that's going to be it for this episode of The Outside World. Again, we're going to have one, uh, I think, every day this week leading up to the game except for Christmas Day because you guys will all surely have better things to do on Christmas Day than listen to uh, a bunch of us Portriders talk. So you're not going to record one on Tuesday then? So you're not going to have one on Christmas that's going to release on Christmas? Right. We're not going to have one on Christmas Day is the plan. Uh, But we will have one on Festivus, which is this one. And uh, tomorrow I'm sure we'll have some fun (laughs) shenanigans to share because we are actually going to celebrate Festivus. Um, Well, thank you guys so much for joining. This was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, well, I I don't know who all is going to be on every day. I haven't at all thought this through. So uh, in terms of the guests, so maybe I'll drag you guys back onto this. But thanks for joining. I guess I could stand doing another podcast with you, Jason. It's been a while. Yeah.
Yeah, the old the old Oklahoma days, the nonfiction writers, uh, rest in peace. Because it's not called that anymore. And and real quick, pump pump up your own podcast, real quick. But I'm gonna I want to let you guys do that. You, you can find the transcripts at another OU football podcast on Spotify, iTunes, and Anchor. And the Oklahomans is now known as the Sooners Extra podcast, formerly known as a nonfiction writers podcasting in a great way. Myself, Abby Bitterman, Barry Trammell, Jenny Carlson, uh, will be on there this week as well. Well, awesome. Yeah, everybody should subscribe, download all of those podcasts uh, after you listen to this one. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys, for joining. And I'll be back. Oh, what? If they're listening to this one, clearly they've listened to this one. So, gotcha. Well, noted. Anyway, <laughs> thanks everybody for listening. Uh, really appreciate you guys for joining. Really appreciate everybody listening. We'll be back tomorrow from Atlanta. <laughs>